Hey, welcome, Mike Pilavachi here with us again, uh, Bridgetown Church family. Mike, you've come probably three or four times to do these kind of worship Holy Spirit nights, right? Yeah, yeah. And we each time, we're just so delighted to host you. If you guys don't know Mike's story, he's part of Soul Survivor, which started how many years ago in the UK? Uh, 27 years ago. And it started with summer festivals, is that right? Uh, well, we the same year we started the first festival, we started the church. Beautiful. Um, so we And we, we did both. And there was 11 of us uh, met the first week when we started the church. And one of the 11 was uh, an 18-year-old called Matt Redman. That's right. been in my youth group. And... Uh, and then uh, I'm still there. Um, I'm. I'll, I'll never leave. And uh, and we started the festivals at the same time. But we've come back a few times now. Myself and Tom Smith, who's our worship pastor, and we love it here. And we were just saying earlier on uh, um, today that you know we feel frauds because um, we come and uh, uh, we uh, feels like we receive a lot more than we ever give, but. Maybe that's how it always is. But, I love that. Yeah. And it doesn't feel that way on our end. We feel um, really encouraged with you here. And for those of you who have been following the Bridgetown story or part of Bridgetown Church, um, you know that we've been on a journey for the past, I don't know, six years of trying to line up our theology about the Holy Spirit, things that we believe to be true with our experience and day-to-day and even how we lead our gatherings as a church. And Mike and his crew has been a huge part of that for us. In um, doing kind of these fun one-off nights where um, we'll do a Wednesday night and we'll have some time of worship, Michael teach, and then kind of lead us into ministry time. So uh, the purpose of kind of this hour together, the podcast, is specifically, Mike, and thinking about the journey that you've watched us on, and I know you've seen many others. Um, specifically, I'd love to speak to, think in your mind of young leaders, maybe from an evangelical kind of Bible church background who now in their minds are at a point where, yes, I believe the Spirit is for today, the gifts of the Spirit, that He speaks today, that He heals, all of that. But maybe their church structures don't support that yet. So they're asking these questions. But first, before we get there, um, just in your own journey, Mike, when did you first experience the Holy Spirit? What was that like? Well, I, I became a Christian two months before my 16th birthday. And, uh, then I remember, um, very soon after I became a Christian, someone asked me, an older Christian, uh, a question that puzzled me. And they said, um, have, have you, uh, been filled with the Holy Spirit or do you only have Jesus? And even as a very young Christian, I knew there was something not quite right about that question. And it was like, do I only have Jesus? Um, well, if I only have Jesus, I'm doing pretty well. That's a great start. And, and actually, and actually, you know, and it puzzled me and I felt uncomfortable with that. But then as I, as I read the scriptures and as I got to understand, um, uh, you know, what, what, what the scriptures were saying, um, Jesus, when Jesus comes, we have everything, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is as in Christ. It's just that we have an unwrapped all the gifts, all the blessings. We haven't appropriated them. And the Holy Spirit who who was in me uh, wanted to flow through me, uh, rivers of living water. And as I began to understand that, um, I started praying that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, uh, there was this moment when I was praying with two older Christians. And I remember we were praying and they were praying for me uh, uh, again for a filling of the spirit. And I remember it was it was 20 past 10 at night. Suddenly, I just knew that he he was I knew he'd all, he was always there, but he manifested his presence and he overwhelmed me. And it was like like waves of liquid love came over me and everything, everything came alive in a new way. And I just sensed his love like I had before, the fatherhood of God, mm-hmm. um, everything. And I, I just looked up and I said, you can stop praying now. He's here. And uh, what I discovered since is that we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. And uh, it's for all of us. It's 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 regular. Uh, and and that what the Holy Spirit does is he points us to Jesus and he reveals the Father to us. So when you're filled with the Spirit, you, I mean, in a sense, you 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 you're you're filled with all three members of the Trinity, in a sense, because the Spirit always points to the Father and the Son, and he equips us and he empowers us. But I think more than anything, if there was one thing that that first time and every time since, it's an understanding, a greater understanding of God's love for me and pouring into my heart his love for others. And I think that's the test. You know, the the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the spirit yes in a very old old version yeah of scripture absolutely um, yeah that's how it was for me so what would you say to uh, a young person or someone that's a leader a pastor in a church and they're really trying to in a new way engage in the holy spirit how would you encourage someone to move how do you move towards the holy spirit how do you make yourself open available for for him I think, first of all, how not to is don't get hung up on an experience. Don't get hung up on receiving a feeling. Um, some, for some, we're all built differently. What I've realized is we're all built differently. Some of us are built more emotionally. So we're more in touch with our emotions. And guess what? When we're more in touch with our emotions and God's spirit comes upon us, we respond more emotionally. Some of us are more in touch with our bodies and we might respond a little bit more physically and sense his almost, it's like a physical thing and others we're more cerebral. And then when the Holy Spirit comes on us, it's like a scripture, a verse. Goodness me. I've read that. Wow. I see the truth of that in a new way, which is better, which is more spiritual, which is more holy. None of them. They're, they're all the same. And we get hung up on it has to be like someone else. And we're all unique. And so really, it's it's seeking. What it is, is seeking Jesus. Yeah, It's seeking to know the love of the Father. Um, see how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God, for this is what we are. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's by the Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. Mm. The Spirit reveals the Father. We don't know how to pray Mm. as we should, but the Spirit 
intercedes for us, in us, through us, with us, with signs and groans too deep for words. It's not about an experience. It's it's about a relationship. Mm. And uh, as we seek the relationship, and, and, and Jesus, in fact, says to us, you know, um, you know, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. How much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So there is a place of asking. So, but, so what I do is, is virtually every day, you know, I will say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh? Holy Spirit. And then I trust that he's done that and that I will learn to rely on him more and more. And we were talking earlier today at lunch, and I was asking you those questions and uh, asking about even how you start your day. And you said something to that effect, right? That you wake up in the morning and it's asking the Spirit of God to come and even awaken you to relationship with Jesus and the Father. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if um, when, when, I, when I want to pray uh, and read the Scripture, um, the first thing, we don't know how to pray as we should. And the first thing I say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you give me revelation of the word? Would you um, inspire my praying? Would you guide me? Would you would you speak to me? Would you give me ears to hear? And and it and it's and then it's not about the spirit. It's about it's about the Father and it's about the Son. It's about the Lord Jesus. Uh, but it's by the Spirit that that we see that we have revelation that we get power that we um yeah that we we get an anointing yeah yeah so let's um shift gears a little bit and as you think about that's we're talking a little bit about what the spirit does how we encounter how we grow in relationship with him but now let's um shift to a sunday gathering or a wednesday night gathering or a prayer meeting so in that corporate sense um Tell us a little bit about how you are thinking and what you're sensing in your spirit, your thoughts, especially you're, you're really um, a great leader in that space of ministry time. So maybe we've had some worship and we've heard some teaching, and then there's this moment of like, now let's wait and see what God wants to do. And we're all waiting in that space. What are you sensing, thinking, experiencing, and how do you kind of lead corporately in that space? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, in our church, I'm, I'm asking from the very beginning of the meeting, Lord, what are you doing? Is there, we've planned this, this service. We've planned it as well as we can. If you want to interrupt some of our plans, you, we love that. But if you don't, we'll, we'll just carry on. And so I'm constantly asking. So during the worship, um, there might be a sense, and it's it's not often, but it's sometimes, gosh, something's happening here. Lord, are you, are you meeting with people in a particular way? And then at the end of the worship in song, you know, I'll often, rather than go straight, I'll often wait for 10 or 15 seconds just in case. And just wait. And, and, and most of the time, we're just worshiping in silence. And we're not very good as evangelicals at worshiping in silence. We have to fill everything with activity. And if nothing else, you know, let's just adore him in the stillness and then we'll go on to the notices. But it may be that he starts, I, I, I notice. So I'm asking, 
Lord, would you show me? In John chapter 5, um, there was a whole bunch of people at the pool of Bethesda who were crippled, um, <coughs> sorry, who and who were blind. And Jesus went to one of them and he said, do you want to be healed? Who'd been crippled for 38 years. And why did he go to that one and not any of the others? Later on in John 5, he explains, he said, I only do what I see my father doing. So I think what he was doing is, Lord, Father, are you speaking to me? Now, it doesn't mean that if someone comes for prayer, you don't pray for them because they've come for prayer because the balance to John 5 is Mark 5, which is the woman who'd been bleeding and who touched the hem of his garment and was healed. So she initiated. But in John 5, the father initiated. And we want to have both. Yeah. And so... um. And so whether it's then or whether it's at the end of a meeting, because we value ministry in the Holy Spirit, the the way you find out what a church values is never by finding out what they say they value. You, you find out what they value by looking at their timetable, they what what they give time to. And so for me, we will always make time for ministry. So at every service, we will make time and an opportunity. And so what I've learned is rather than try and make something happen, what, what I say to our guys is often is, you know, we're going to wait on the Lord. And if he wants to do more, we'll stay here longer. If he wants to do less, we'll go for ice cream. You know, yep. it's, it's, like, it's up to him. We're not going to try and make it happen. This isn't about forcing God, God's hand. So we want to respond to his initiative. Yeah. So invite the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants, and then we wait. And that's what everyone's uncomfortable with. But I have found the more you wait, the more he does. Wow. The more you wait, the more he does. And then it might be uh, getting a sense. And, it's you know, we're, we're fallible. We get it wrong. We hear wrongly. We see wrongly. But what I, And what I used to do is if I wasn't sure if it was the Lord speaking to me or not, I wouldn't say it or do it because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Now, if I'm not sure if it's the Lord or not, I will say it and do it in case it's him. Yep, that's and right. And you know what? In the first way, I'd never find out if it was him or not. Now I know. And you see, also for me now, my longing to see God move is greater than my fear of failure. Wow. And so I just long because I have seen over the last years the fruit of this. I have seen people touched. And if you if you if you hear if you, if you get it wrong, if you have hear a word, you get it wrong. Nobody dies. You might look a bit bit foolish. But that I that's okay. But if it's Jesus, someone's life can be transformed in that instance. And and in, and that's what we long for. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. But to go back to your question, sorry, I'm taking a long time to no, answer. No, that's this. great. That's but, gold. But in um, uh, in a ministry time, yeah. sometimes after a while, you start to sense, and and what you see is a deep peace coming on certain people. Wow. That's often the beginning, and something that just there's an engaging. So you're literally looking out and you see God doing something. Maybe on someone's face, you're like, oh man, I think God's doing something yeah. here. Yeah. Or I might ask if I'm not sure. For example, I might say, Lord, you know I'm not very clever. You know I'm a bit thick. Could you could you show me in one or two people? What you what if there's anything that you're doing in many, 
And then what I might do is I'm looking around and I see someone quietly weeping. I think, that's interesting. They're weeping. Why would they be weeping? And then I look around and then there's someone else quietly weeping in another part of the room. And then it'd be, Lord, are they weeping? Is it pain coming out? Or is it, are you, are you filling them with compassion? And are they, are they, is like an, like an intercessor weeping thing? And then I, and then I might say, if you're suddenly feeling like, for example, um, that you're weeping and you don't know why inside or you want to, or suddenly, would you come forward? The number of times I'm amazed at how many people come forward and I'm shocked. Wow. So that's what you're doing right now. But then when the Lord starts to minister to meet with people um, and people start praying for them, I feel that there's a division of responsibilities between the Lord and myself. And the way it works is, and as he's put it to me, um, he's responsible for the people at the front, i.e. the people that his spirit is resting on. I'm responsible for the people at the back because I'm a pastor and he made me a pastor. So he's not going to pastor them because he's asked me to. And so as a pastor, what I have to do and what I long to do is I want to keep everyone together. Sometimes in, and I'm not meaning this critically, sometimes in charismatic and Pentecostal meetings, when there's a ministry time, it divides the room between those who are having a wonderful time with God and those who feel like they're the other side of the window looking in, wishing they were in on the party. And that's not how it's meant to be. And so I'm constantly thinking, what would they be thinking? How do I pastor them? And so the first thing sometimes that I think they'll be thinking is, oh, those all those people they're meeting with, with, with God, I'm not feeling anything. There's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough. Maybe I'm not holy enough. Maybe I'm not saved. Have I committed the unforgivable sin? Oh, man. And you'd be surprised how many think that. And so the first thing I'll do at that point is I'll say, if you're not feeling anything, I'm not feeling anything either. I think we're still the majority. There's nothing wrong with you. Oh, it's so good. God has time, his timing for that. And then I'll often go to my colleague, Andy Croft, who I lead with, and I'll say, Andy, are you feeling anything? And he says no. And I say, he never feels anything. <laughs> and then and then what I'm trying to do is demythologize it. So and I'm trying to make it natural. And then the next thing that might be happening is for some people, some for some people, when the Holy Spirit comes on them, he brings emotional healing and he comes to places of pain and grief that we tend to bury. And they might start to weep and some might start to sob or even one or two maybe cry out. And, and what that is, it's pain coming out. Yeah. And that can, that can scare people. And so I'm saying it's okay. I think what that is, is, is that might just be pain coming out. That's all right. Don't, you ask them afterwards, they're okay. We're asking Jesus to meet with us. You, honestly, it's, it's fine. And then there might be some people thinking, is all of this God? You know, I, I, that person, that I wonder if they're putting that on. And so I'll ask the question, is all of this God? And the answer I always say is, of course not. Human beings are involved. We're involved. So some of it's God and some of it's us. 
And then I might tell a story of, of you know, how I, – I, well, I'll just tell you this one. Yeah. Um, you know, I often tell a story that – I remember once that, uh, we had a prayer time, a ministry time, and these three lads, three boys, young men came forward, about 15 years old, three friends, and they were standing together, and they had their eyes closed. And after a while, I was watching them. Uh, the two on either side, they ended up on the floor. They fell back under the power of the Spirit. And the lad in the middle was standing upright. And I noticed um, he could feel something had happened. So he opened his eyes and he looked first to the right and then to the left. And I could see the look on panic on, on his face. Both my friends have gone down. I'm the last one standing. I'm left out. And then for a moment, there was a look of panic. And then there was this look of, I know what to do. And then he went back. <laughs> and and I thought, bless his little cotton socks. And I wasn't going to get off the... The, the 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 sanctuary and say to the two on either side hey you two that was the holy spirit well done you in the middle get up you made that up you know and what i say then what i say is you know what if someone wants to fall down they can fall down it's yeah. a free country yeah but what we want to do is we want to get to the place where no one feels they have to yeah no one feels they have to put something on yeah. no one let's be authentic you know, we're not, we're not, we're not looking for a lot of noise. We're not looking for a lot of emotion. We're looking for Jesus, yeah. and He can come in the stillness, and He can come in, in, in all sorts of ways. And we want it to be Him. And my job is to pastor everyone and make sure everyone's together. And when you do that, what we find in our church, because we will have space for that every service. And do you know what it's done for our church? It's made people's hearts soft mm. because they see people who they know who have been full of hurt and brokenness, who Jesus starts to heal, who Jesus starts to set free. And, you know, it, it melts people's hearts. It melts people's hearts. And then there's a gentleness and a tenderness. And people feel they have permission to be able to be vulnerable and to be able to be open and to trust that the spirit the spirit of god and we will not make exhibitions of them we will not we will not haul them up to the stage but we will treat them with dignity and respect and the bottom line of this ministry it's got to be about love mm. you know sometimes we some of us who have been involved in this stuff it's been a bit about a love of power yeah well actually it should be about the power of love mm. and when we love when we love, we treat people with kindness. And my old mentor, years ago, he's kept saying to me, after you've prayed for people, Mike, if they have received nothing else, they should at least leave knowing they've been loved. Yeah. So treat them with compassion, with dignity, with respect. We value the dignity of the individual. It, when They're not here to make a show. They're here to be loved. So if we do that, you can't lose. And so... Again, it's in the context of what we call being naturally supernatural that God meets with people. And and I think the other thing I'd say is we've got to make sure we stay biblical. Yeah. And we 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 follow the biblical guidelines. And that the ultimate healing, the best healing, is the forgiveness of sins and the restoration of relationship. At our festivals in the summer with young people, on the first night, 
we have young people coming forward to give their lives to Christ for the first time. And I always say, when that's happened, I say, whatever happens in the next four days, it's downhill from here. People may get out of wheelchairs and walk. People may fly. People may do anything. But you know what? Nothing beats this. Wow. This is the best. Mm. But but Jesus wants to save us in every way. Mm. Jesus wants to heal us. Jesus wants to make us whole. Jesus wants to pour his shalom upon us. Jesus wants to restore our relationships with one another. Um, all of those things. And Jesus wants, he wants to, to um, uh, you know, to reveal himself to us. Mm. And just, can I just tell you one little story? I was hoping very, you would, yes. Very please, briefly. Please. Um, it, this happened a little while ago at one of our festivals. And, you know, I used to think that when you when you say the gift of prophecy or when you say when God speaks, I used to think it would be in a big booming voice. Hear ye, hear ye, God calling Mike. Are you receiving me? Tablet of stone on its way down, duck. When actually it's never like that. For me, it's like, oh, I just had a thought. That's a funny thought. Where would that thought come from? Could that be you, Lord, or could it be indigestion? And sometimes it might be indigestion, but there's only one way you can find out. Well, there was one time when I, I this thought came into my head. There's someone here who his friends brought him um, to this to this uh, camp, and he's an atheist. He tells everyone he's an atheist, and he's been mocking them and mocking everything that's been happening and laughing at everything. But he's just prayed to me for the first time just now. Wow. And he said, God, if you're real, would you show me? If this is real, if you're really there, would you speak to me? And then I felt the Lord saying, and his name is Brian. So I didn't know if it was the Lord or not. And there was only one way I could find out. So I said that. And I said, you just said that just now. No one else knows you prayed that, but you just did it. And your name is Brian. Brian, where are you? Come forward immediately this young man came forward sobbing his friends prayed for him he gave his life to jesus and the bit i love is they told me his youth leaders who brought him came that the next day he was going around the site the campsite going up to perfect strangers and saying to them he knows my name he knows my name that's beautiful now you know what just one of those that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to lead people to Jesus. He wants to reveal Jesus. That's so good. So let me ask you a question. If you are, uh, speak to me like I'm a young pastor in a church. I believe what you're saying. I mean, am I, as I'm listening to your words right now, my heart is just on fire, Mike. This is, I love this. And I know there's so many more sitting in the same spot as I am. And if as a pastor, if I want to lead my church into this, more of this, more of the Holy Spirit, even more of setting aside time in stillness to invite the Spirit to move and try to respond to that, um, how would you speak to me about going from kind of a traditional evangelical Bible model to now incorporating the Holy Spirit? Um, what would you What would you say, and even to a leadership team, as even I know we have so many great young teams pastors, men and women working together, how would you just encourage them in that journey? Well, the first thing I'd want to say is, please, please, please don't throw out your evangelicalism. Do not, do not, 
you know, it's a great basis. You love Jesus and you love his book. You love the word. Stick to that. And it's not about discarding any of that. What it is, it's about, first of all, seeing and longing for this to happen enough that you will make space for it. And so what you, you need to do is, in whether it's in a Sunday service or in a, a midweek home group, is you decide, I'm going to make sure that we're going to make some space for this, and however however long it is. And then it's taking the courage to step out, and it's asking, Lord, would you speak to me? Lord, what do you want to do? It, it, often it's inviting the Holy Spirit and waiting. And it's a scary thing to wait. And I'll, I'll say to you, I've been doing this for years. And I, I'm hooked on it. I love it because I've seen the fruit. But, it, you know, so many times I'm waiting and it's like, ah, what if nothing happens? And it's like, well, what if nothing happens? We just go home early. You know, that's what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Uh, but then it's it's actually having the courage in leadership to step out so often. What I've noticed with me is that I can be a control freak and uh, I can have a f- this fear of failure, this fear of it being awkward, and that stops me. And uh, some years ago, what changed me was I asked someone I know, a friend of mine, who I saw God use him in very powerful ways. And I asked him once, I said, why does God seem to answer your prayers a lot more than he answers mine? And he looked at me and he said something I'll never forget. He said, because I have a high expectation that God will use me, you don't. Oh, man. And it was like, ah, ah. And and he said, and so I will choose to step out. You won't. And we just make it normal. We we you know, you don't have to blow on people, you don't have to throw things at them, you don't have to trip them up, you don't have to manipulate the atmosphere, you don't have to have the Holy Spirit keyboard playing in the atmosphere right. and the lights going low and shimmering. You you don't have to say, Ooh, I feel the power. You just say, Okay, we're just gonna just gonna see. We're just gonna and sometimes it's just if you'd like prayer for anything, come forward. Yeah. We'd love to pray for you. And you know what? If nothing else happens, people have been prayed for. You set the culture, Mm. one, by teaching on it, by allaying people's fears, by teaching on it from Scripture again and again and again. It's normal. It's normal all the way through the New Testament. Secondly, by modeling it, by making space for it, and taking the long view that, you know what? We're going to get there in a year or in two years, not in a week or in two weeks. And so, you you know, there's that African proverb. I think it's African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's why it's important that you pastor it. And when people start to pray for each other and they see God's spirit at work, and they see the gentleness and the kindness and the compassion of God, then they get hooked and they want to do it more. That's so good. I absolutely love it. Okay, man, anything else that you're thinking about um, that would be helpful for leaders? And the the last thing I wanted to ask is selfishly, as you um, have seen and been part of our journey, the journey that um, John Mark, myself, and Bridgetown Church has been on, 
what would you say to us? Well, any any thoughts or anything that comes to mind, uh, encouragement, um, word of caution, anything that you sense for us? Oh, well, I, I mean, I we've learned so much from you and are learning so much from you. And the things I love that I hope you'll never lose is, and this is where it's a great foundation, is because of the things that God's been leading in, you into and the spiritual disciplines and all of that stuff, what every time I come, I'm amazed at how whole your church is. And it doesn't mean that there aren't people with problems, there aren't people with issues. It's full of human beings. Yeah. But there is a sense of gentleness and love and kindness and and. And there is an, a, a right enthusiasm and a leaning in and a longing for God. Um, I, w- I would say never lose that. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're gently going together and making more space. And my caution would be for anyone is remember that this doesn't stop here, that this isn't for us to have really lovely times in church. Yeah. Th- th- this is for the lost. Yeah. And in the Acts of the Apostles, most of the miracles and most of the healings were out on the streets. There were some that were in the meeting places when they gathered together, when they prayed for boldness, the building shook and, and other things like that. Uh, but actually, a lot of it was out there. Now, if we're not doing it as a family, yeah. we're not likely to do it out there. Yeah. But again, it's there's ways of doing it. What we've found as a church is as we've made ministry times and realized as natural, normal, you know, God can be as weird as he likes. He's God, but we don't need to be weird. Yeah, we don't need to add. Because we want, you know what Paul says to the Corinthians? He keeps saying, if you do this and an unbeliever comes in, they won't understand. They won't get it. Yep. If you don't, don't do that because they're not for the un- unbeliever. And Paul was speaking as an evangelist. And that's why he kept saying, and we need to have those eyes that, you know what? You know, if an unbeliever comes in and there is some powerful stuff going on, but it's genuine, you know what? They know it. Yeah. If we're just trying to end up having, if we turn it into a a, a liturgy or a culture that is oh oh we just got to we've got to all shake or fall over or 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 scream you know what they think i don't want this yeah it's not authentic it's not authentic yeah. so stay authentic yeah, stay who good. you are and do it in a way that expresses who you are mm. um be long stay longing for encounter mm. as well as accessibility and that's the balance you know our meetings need to be accessible to those who are on the fringes, but also meetings of encounter where the, you know, if it's just accessibility, you know, no one's, no one's offended, but no one goes anywhere. If it's just encounter, then there's some that will go to the third heaven, fly around for a bit, come back and wonder where everyone else went. What we want, it's the polarity, the balance of both, the balance of both with authenticity and not taking ourselves too seriously, but taking him seriously. And, you know, sometimes even saying, you know, we might have got that wrong. People love that. Or, you know what? I don't know what was going on there. I Be authentic. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah, that's so good. 
Yeah, and I look forward to, you know, one of the other things you touched on today over lunch, I believe, was just about um, leading the church like a family. And that means that there are, there's, a, there's vulnerability and transparency, that the, the parents are talking to the kids about everything that's happening and they're not trying to pull the wool over their eyes. Mm-hmm. There's that authenticity of, yeah, sometimes things uh, – we don't understand them or sometimes things go a different way and we should have done it you know, another way. So yeah. it's great words. I look forward to your time tonight and just thank you and Tom and your crew and just the um, – the life that you have over these past several years as you've come to visit probably three or four times now, the life that you breathe into our community. And even just this hour talking with you again is so helpful for me as a leader, hearing these principles and just the one that there was a couple, but one of the big ones for me is just realizing that um, we're not okay with these worshiping in silence, these moments, these, you know, what's 30 seconds that felt like 30 minutes we, that's difficult, man. And and some of that is the desire for control and the desire for, man, we got to click through this thing because we got another gathering. But um, I think that that, man, those principles, that in particular is exactly what I needed to hear. And I just believe that there's a ton of other leaders that are listening that you spoke directly to. So thank you. And thanks for your time.